Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught and get ready to launch your mind into an entirely new reality. If you've always felt there had to be more to life, more to existence, then you're listening to the right podcast. Get comfortable, pour yourself a drink, sit back, and let your host, Adam R. Walton, expand your horizons. This is going to be good. This is going to be fun. This is going to be mind-bending. Time to think. And here we go. Welcome back to the Mental Mastery Alliance. Now, I'd started talking uh, a couple episodes ago. Actually, if you're tuning into the last episode, you don't want to, you know, this isn't a continuance of that. This is uh, one, of, one of my guests. Uh, we're going to do a guest spot today. One of the guests, um, an individual that I've been looking to connect with uh, a few times, he's Again, I don't understand the algorithms of the internet. I don't fully grasp how things work, but his work and his efforts kept showing up on my Facebook. Uh, and I wanted to know more. Uh, so I reached out to him and he happens to be uh, one of the foremost uh, individuals in the ads game. So he can grow your business, your Facebook, your Instagram ads. He's got millions of dollars uh, under ads management right now. Uh, one of the elites uh, in the industry, ask him that and he'll certainly denounce it and deny it, but uh, it is, it's a truth. Um, and you see that stuff everywhere. So it's kind of like, is it true? Is it this? Is it that? Uh, and then when you're picking a guy, when you're picking a character, you always have to go on how you feel with the individual. Now, why I bring that up is uh, it's not often that I reach out to anybody. As a matter of fact, this individual is the first person I've ever reached out to and had no relationship with before the first contact. Um, so most of my guests, I know at least a little bit well, and I can predict kind of what they're going to say and where it's going to go. This one, this is wide open. I just knew that I saw one of his messages uh, and it's, uh, he's on a weight loss kick. He's on a fitness kick. He's on a, he's on a, a transitional life kick. Uh, and, and it, it grabbed me and I had to, I had to talk to him. I had to announce. Um, I was lucky enough that he had time for me. He's a busy, busy man. He actually, in the, in the pre-conversation, he had stated that this is one of four or five podcasts on the day for the guy. So as lucky as I am to have him, you're just as lucky to listen to his story, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and I would like to, without further ado, introduce uh, David Schloss. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. Absolutely fantastic. So as I was saying, David, that you are an internet guru. You're, you're one of the guys that's out there and, and you're not, as far as I've seen so far, there's no, there's no Lambo or Rolex. You're not, you know, you're not pushing one of those things. Rolex coming soon though. Oh, there you go. But you're pushing results. All of your posts have been results driven and all of your posts have been no BS. Yeah. Uh, the originality in that is, uh, is phenomenal because the internet works in such a way where people think, <laughs> if he's got a Lambo, if he's got a Rolex, if he's got a Rolex holding the steering wheel of a Lambo, you know, with money beside him, he's doing something right. Now, yeah. that mentality is, is in my opinion, I don't know, I want to say foolish, but it, but it works. I mean, people are like, I'm gravitating towards you. I don't know what I'm doing. I want to understand a little bit more about yada, yada, yada. Right. But the clientele I find to be uh, weaker. And no offense, because you and I both have the, the Lambo wheel and the Rolex people on our friends list. So they can, yeah. they can just take this one with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, but your approach to business, and we will get into, I, I, this isn't a business call. So anyone listening right now, this isn't how to do business, even though business is highly important. But mindset is the overall with this. So in your business, mm -hmm. how long did it take you 
to become an overnight success, he does with air quotes. Yeah, seven years. Seven years to become seven an years. overnight success. And I, I didn't have the internet marketer starter kit, as I like to call it, with the Lamborghini and the Rolex and the right. uh, click funnels and all that other stuff. When I started, none of that stuff existed. The Lamborghini and the Rolex did, but not many people had it as available to them as they do now. Uh, you know, you couldn't just rent it for the day and then do your whole sales page and magically you're the guy with the Rolex and the Lamborghini. Now it seems like it's a snap of the finger. You can go on Turo, it shows up at your house and then you can call a buddy and have their Rolex and you're set up for the day. Um, but it, it took me seven years to figure things out and I've been in the game for over 12. So that kind of gives you an idea of just how long it took me for everything starting to click. And that, that's something that, that, that you guys need to understand. I mean, there is no, there is no, there is no quick way. There is no quick solution. Everything that you've ever tried to do quick in your life ends up costing you in the end. So mm -hmm. you might as well do it right. Now, if you want to rent a Lambo, you can do it on Turo. That's absolutely correct. And, you, <laughs> and for videos, you don't even need a real Rolex. Go get one uh, for 20 bucks. It just needs Go to look all. like one on film. Yeah. So the beautiful thing about actually doing it is you're not doing it for anybody else other than for yourself. And this brings us into kind of where we are. Uh, and we will at the end of the episode as well, uh, if you are interested in internet marketing, we will uh, give you David's uh, contact. You can certainly go out and check him out. But this is, again, like I said, more about mindset. So David, you've been uh, killing it with uh, fitness and weight loss and health regime. Um, and again, how or what was it that was your trigger in mind that said, you know what, enough is enough or this or that? Or yeah. what, started, what started with, you know, with, with that mindset, not weight loss, but the mindset to create something better for yourself, starting with your, your physical being. Yeah. So I had been working on myself for the last five, six years. And when I first started to dig into my own self-worth, cause that's where I really had the most issues was giving myself the ability to basically accomplish things and then celebrate them. So I would lose weight and not celebrate it. And then I'd have a, let's just say a week where things didn't quite go as well as I wanted them to. And I would backtrace a lot. I mean, I, you'd have all this success. I'd be like, that's cool. And I'd keep going. And then I'd have one bad week, maybe I'd gain a couple pounds. And then it would be like, I'd go back and gain 20 because I had one bad week. So I had a lot of self-worth issues. Just like I would not take anything that I did as an accomplishment as an actual accomplishment. It's like, it's a, it should happen. And this would go for anything. It wasn't just weight loss. It was business. Like, okay, I'm supposed to close clients. I'm supposed to get these results with ads. And because I wasn't celebrating anything, it was this constant battle of wanting more. And because I always wanted more, it was just this, this vicious circle of just like failure and then wins and then more failures and wins, but I was never celebrating those wins. So it always felt like failures constantly. And so over the years, what I began to adjust to was first just celebrating even the smallest of things, you know, going to the gym every day or even just three days a week, um, having a successful ad campaign where someone made an extra couple thousand dollars, just like every little thing over time. This wasn't an instant thing. This was years of just constant uh, practice and being patient with these results of just reminding myself every little win counts. And it all added up to the point where now it's like even just going to the gym is a celebration. It's a, it's a giant win for me. But you'd think with something like 
in March 2018 when I went to the hospital for four days because of stress-induced heart-related issues that I'd understand that constantly beating myself up over things. Can I pause you right there? Yeah, go for it. So stress-induced heart-related issues, ladies and gentlemen. David is in his 20s right now, I believe. 31. I was in my 20s when it happened. That's what I meant to say. He's in his 20s (laughs) when it happened. That's where we were going with that. So you were in your 20s and you were in the hospital for stress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pushing myself to the brink. And you're self-employed. Yes. So there are people that are 60 years old that have never been in the hospital for stress. There are people that are 70 years old that have never broken a fingernail. Yeah. David's pushing himself to such a degree that he's put himself in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So just let that sink in as we continue on with the, with the rest of the story here, because I think that most people need to understand that, you know, that is a correlation, you know, uh, and this stems back from one thing that I've spoken on many times, uh, Henry Ford, whether you think you can, or you think you can't either way, you're right. And in this instance, our good friend David thought himself into the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking I was doing everything right. Exactly. Yep. So what happened after that? What, when you came out of the hospital, when you were in the hospital, when you were laying there yeah. and, and, they, and they've got you in the, the, the hospital pajamas and your ass is hanging yeah. out the back, what Pretty are you much. thinking? What are you thinking? Yeah. Well, first off, instead of taking the opportunity to be bitching and complaining for four straight days, mm-hmm. I actually took it as an opportunity to decompress. Not because I had to. But I think you had I, to. I think you had to. <laughs> I had to. But I also, I also chose to do it at a much more exponential rate. Mm-hmm. I joked with the doctors. I joked with the nurses. I, I took time to be on my phone and really just like, instead of answering a bunch of things, you know, hey, client, I'm in the hospital. Yes, I had to do that a couple times. But it wasn't necessarily the intention. The intention was more of just, this is what it feels like to not have to do anything for four straight days. Mm-hmm. Because I had not had that feeling since I was in college because I started my business at 18. Mm -hmm. So I had been grinding since 18 to 29 at that point every day, Mm -hmm. six to eight hours a day, sometimes even 12 hours a day, just go, 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 go constant. And to have four days in the hospital was basically an excuse to not have to do anything. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time I felt that in a very long time. And what was strange is it was in that moment that I decided that that was a win. Remember I told you about celebrating those little wins. Of course. I had this this moment while I had 14 needles in my arm taking blood and all this other crap. I was like, you know what? This is actually a small win one way, shape, or form. It's like I'm not doing anything. I'm having actually quite a good time even though I'm strapped to the bed and I can't really do much and all I can do is just smile and laugh. That's still a win. I'm not dead. That's a pattern interrupt for sure as well. So, you know, when you, if you say you talk about you've been going constantly for so long, that, that in and of itself is being like, I, you know, I don't have a choice. I, I am here. I am. This is, this is where I am right now. This is what I'm doing. Yep. I have the ability to uh, have somebody bring my laptop to me and panic and get everything done and keep, and keep going the way I've been going or yep. assess my situation. Yep. And, and what's interesting is I did have my laptop given to me. I never took it out of the bag. Perfect. Sitting there the whole time. And it was my way of testing myself of, you know, take this opportunity to to assess where you're at. Like you're here for a reason. Uh, Clearly you've been going way too hard, not taking yourself, uh, your, your health seriously. You've taken everything for granted and you are taking things way too personal. Like there was a lot of assessment going on and I couldn't write any of this down. It was all going on in my head. 
right? It was just me talking to myself most of the day. It stays there though. When you actually, when you, when you address yourself on that, on that note, it stays with you. Yes. And, and it's that nothing for the world to understand, nothing good ever comes from constant positivity, which may sound like (laughs) a fucked up thing to say, but but, but it's true because if you're constantly quote unquote winning, like you said, all of my wins became neutral. And I had to, I had to start acknowledging my wins mm-hmm. because they were all a piece. Yeah. Uh, all of my, even if I started getting a little bit better, I still didn't appreciate it because if money's on your mind, if, if, if these, if your goals are based on, on, on money oriented things, then no matter how much money you make, there's always more money. So even if you made a million bucks this year, well, why didn't I make 1.2? You know, where did I screw up? And there's, and there's all this constant chase going on. Yeah. And I was doing that to myself all the time. And that's killer. And that's killer. And there's a ton of people out here going, wow, imagine I made a million dollars. And we talk about this and to put this into perspective, mm-hmm. if you made a million dollars a year and you, but prior to that you'd made uh, 500,000, mm-hmm. then that's a good year. Right. Yeah. But yeah. if you made a million dollars a year and prior to that you made 2.5 million, you just had a shit year. It's yeah. the exact same amount of money, but it's, yeah. it's the mental state that, that changes. And our position is always going to be our position. Your, your entire life has always been from your perspective. So you've only yeah. ever seen your perspective on life, which is where we beat ourselves up. So yours, our listeners, every single person is, is only listening to their perspective of, of life. Yep. So when you have the ability to take yourself out of your own perspective, which happened to you in the hospital, mm-hmm. you can have a conversation with yourself and you can have a, you can have a real heart to heart and a real powwow. So, so where did it go from there? So four days in the hospital, you'd think that would be the turning point of me getting out, going home, and then setting this intention of going to the gym, eating healthy. No, no I still does. had a lot more to decompress and pull out of myself mm-hmm. before any of that really even came up. And just for frame of reference, it took me almost a year, 11 months to be specific, it was the Super Bowl of this year, of 2019. Mm-hmm. It was on that actual day, I decided that the next day, everything was going to change. It took me 11 months. Mm-hmm. And during those 11 months, I was essentially just going through the motions of, why am I doing this to myself? Because I'd have a yo-yo effect constantly, right? Lose 20, gain 15, lose another 20, gain 25. Like it was just bouncing. And I, what I realized was I was still beating myself up over like, you know, things would go down. Awesome. But then I would think, why didn't I lose more? So I was still falling into this pattern again, just in a different way. I'm not doing it with business. Now I was doing it with my health. I'm like, Oh, here we go again. Old pattern resurfaced. That's a a symptom of painting your entire life with the same brush. And people do that. Yet they don't make the correlation or connection. How you do one thing is how you do everything is a statement that floats around. I'm not a hundred percent. I agree with that. But if you're not aware of that statement, most of your life uh, hinges on it. Like you, yeah. you do things similarly. You can think that they're completely different things, but if you really break it down, it's the same thing. Yeah. So I was experiencing the same pattern, but in a different arena of my life, right? So I was, I was doing this in business for years, but I was never applying it to health. Once I took that away from business and I started appreciating things in my business more, what I didn't realize is what I just moved it somewhere else and I moved it to health. Not to mention... In your business, in my business, in, in the business of being on the computers, our health always takes a back seat. We spend a lot of time sitting down. Yeah. Uh, and and it, it, 
it, it's almost, it becomes so second nature that it's like, well, why, why would I, you know, holy shit, maybe I should start moving or doing something. Right. Uh, and when you make that actualization in your mind, your business changes as well. Yes. Yeah. And sure. that's, that's a huge thing that a lot of people still don't correlate. I mean, there's, there's mindset towards business, mindset towards fitness, mindset towards this, that, and the other thing. And none of us are talking about going out and, and, and running a, a marathon or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it, this is, this is like you said, this is celebrating going to the gym. Like if you have an issue with anything and it took you 11 months to talk yourself into it, what you were doing um, was talking yourself out of your old patterns. You were unlearning step-by-step step, piece by piece. And at your own accord, you were unlearning mm -hmm. your old patterns. Yeah. Uh, and, and this was, this was forced to us uh, as we, as we grow and as we progress. And a lot of people dismiss that as well. So it's neat that, that you were able to acknowledge it took you a year to, to change. It took you a year to, to come to a decision on Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> of all days. Yeah, uh, of course. But it right. was, Beer and it nachos. Was, yeah. <laughs> While I'm eating wings. Um, <laughs> it was, it was definitely something that I, it felt different because once I decided that it was going to change the motivation and determination to do the thing that was going to change the bigger picture, my health being this case fell into place. Meaning I didn't have to sit down and write out a plan of action. Like I already knew what I needed to do. I had the answers already. I had prepped plenty of times in the past for something like this, but I was never giving myself permission to do it. I was always finding an excuse not to do it or pull back on things or beat myself up over a specific result. This time around, it felt right. I was actually prepared. I made the decision, I'm gonna do this starting tomorrow. And as soon as tomorrow happened, everything began. And so since then, February, I think it was 9th of this year, I've just decided, you know, I'm gonna cut back on certain types of foods, I'm not going to be consuming caffeine every day, just like little things. And I wouldn't do these all at once. That's another thing I, I learned about myself was if I wanted to cut back on caffeine, yes, I'd cut that out immediately, but I, that would be the only thing that I'd focus on for that week until I was set on moving to the next thing. So if it took me seven days to be fully removed from wanting caffeine, great. On day eight, I would then tackle the next thing. It takes, uh, statistically, it takes 28 days to crack a pattern. Yeah. Um, For some things I did it faster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but, it, and when I say that to, you know, to the audience, um, 28 days to crack a pattern, uh, a habit, whatever it is, whatever, you know, like, uh, whatever your habit is good or bad, if you want to change your habits, you're just replacing them. And it takes about 28 days to program your brain not to do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we live in a world where we don't think that we have that ability. We don't have that, you know, dexterity. So like you were saying, you know, you changed caffeine. Funny thing that caffeine would be, you know, one of the ones that you would, you would shoot for first. Why did you choose caffeine or why did you speak on that right now as the first thing? Heart related incident. First yeah. thing they tell you to cut back is caffeine. And how much were you, how much coffee or how much caffeine were you ingesting daily? So I wasn't drinking coffee at all. I was a, you know, a, a let's say like a Coke and Pepsi consumer, mm -hmm. or I'd have a ton of candy. Right. So like, for example, Reese's are my favorite chocolate. Obviously. I haven't Delicious. had a Reese's in over a year. <laughs> even, even before I made the decision, I hadn't had it for a while. And even now I'm like, I don't think I've even had it in a year. Mm -hmm. It's just because I just decided I'm not going to have it unless I, if I truly want to treat myself cool, I'll have one or a pack, I should say like a small pack, but I haven't even had that 
that day where I've been like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself to it. I just haven't had the feeling of wanting it. What do you, what do you think about uh, connecting patterns in this sense? Um, you know, your mindset back in the day, uh, back before this took place was, yeah. uh, was sugar related and you cutting out caffeine. Um, you, the biggest thing that you did when cutting out caffeine, I, I'd have to say is you, your sugar intake and yeah, the sugar in the caffeine. Yeah. The sort biggest, hand hand. well, yeah, if you're not going to drink Coke, you're, you're, you're eliminating sugar and yep. you, the biggest thing about sugar is it's, it's the refined white sugar, which is what's all in Coke and all that sort of stuff is, uh, is the, probably the single handed biggest drug, worst drug you can put in your system. Yeah. Um, it, it's an addictive drug. Uh, it's, it just, it kills you. It is, it is death in powder form. Uh, it's more deadly than cocaine. Uh, mm-hmm. because, because people, you know, people know that they shouldn't do so much cocaine, <laughs> you know, uh, but people don't know that they shouldn't do so much sugar. And when yep. you, when you, in, when you're drinking like four or five cans of pop a day, you're taking in like thousands of grams of sugar a day. Yep, thousands of milligrams a day. Yeah. I don't even know about Hard milligrams. I, I'd say thousands of grams of sugar. I've seen those ads, you know, yeah. I've seen, I've seen those, those uh, sparkling water ads. Yeah. Yeah. Soda stream. And it's funny that you actually mentioned all that because I, I did when I when I decided to change my life. Um, I did. Um, uh, it was alcohol that I got rid of only because you know I I thought about the detox, mm-hmm. and I thought I'm going to give myself 30 days. But yep. what happened in that 30 days was 20 day, 28 days had passed, and new new patterns had started to form. Mm-hmm. And then a friend of mine had said, you know, I want to. I'm also going to. I want it. You just did 30 days. I want to do it too. So he went detox. Yeah. And in that, you know, when you. I found that when you take one out, when you take out one vice, a domino effect takes place. You start understanding and comprehending a few more things uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you, and you realize that it's not hard work. It's just removing, it's quitting yeah. things, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I, I think that's, that's absolutely a fantastic addition, like your story. You know, when you say I dropped one or two things, caffeine obviously really good heart related but yeah you did you probably did more so for your body dropping the sugar than the caffeine but for sure uh, what else what else have you quit like are, are and do you miss anything now is, is your mentality because people always say how do you stick with how do you how are you so disciplined and the funny thing that i've always found was that it's not discipline like for me now it would be like it would be a pain in the ass to go and have a drink because like it just doesn't make any sense mm. and 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 it's not that even for me, it's not that I even had an issue with drinking or so I thought, but I mean, turns out I was a high functioning alcoholic because I got a ton of stuff done, but there was always that focal point in the back of my mind, go have a drink, meet your friends, have a drink, yep. socialize, have a drink, yep. you know, one or two drinks, one or two drinks a day, one or two, you know, and then getting drunk on the weekend or, or having too many, you know, our whole lives, our whole lives were taught that drinking is okay. Yeah. Our whole lives were taught that consuming Pepsi and Coke is okay. Mm-hmm. So you're not just breaking a, a personal pattern. You're breaking a, 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 a universal narrative. Go yeah. drink Pepsi. Yep. And that, I think, at least for me, I don't know for you, but that when you break that universal narrative, mm-hmm. it really opens your eyes to what oh, else. For sure. For sure. And, and just so you under, understand like how deep that goes for me, I went to the University of Florida. Mm-hmm. Pepsi is the sponsor of the University of Florida. So it was readily available everywhere. Mm-hmm. Gatorade consumed way too much of that during my four years there. And 
Gatorade's worse than Pepsi because they and tell no you it's good for you. That. Yeah. No one knows that, but it's worse. It's, it actually has like, I think it's like 50 to 75% more sugar than a normal bottle of Pepsi. So imagine mm. in a day, if you consumed a Gatorade and a Pepsi in the same day, just how much sugar and caffeine you're consuming. So during four years of college, I was pounding those back like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Not, not even including the alcohol consumption right. as well. So oh, yeah. it was a lot. <laughs> um, and how many days did you mix vodka with Gatorade just because? Oh, I mean, <laughs> weekend, football games and basketball games, it was game over. That's like, right. it, was, it, was, it was all day. Tailgating, never do that. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, it was like you said, it was unlearning the habit of like, you know, not even waking up and having it. It was more of just, it's noon things are moving along, I'm just going to put one on my desk and I'll sip it throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Or in what became my case, I will start one in the morning. I'll probably be done two hours later. And then as soon as that one's done, I'm going to get another one. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would just like replace it. So I'd end up having, let's not even two or three cans. I'm talking like the bottles. I'd end up having two or three bottles a day. Yeah. And the normal individual ones. The the best, the best is when you're like, Oh, there's like, there's only 25% of that bottle left. I'll just finish this. So, so I can go and open another. One. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so I was, I was battling that at first. And then of course, once I got to the point of, like you said, 28 days for me, it was like within seven days, I no longer needed it anymore. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm good, but I wouldn't beat myself up if I decided to have one. And that's where a lot of people will end up faltering and then maybe even falling back into an old habit. And so what I was doing was, let's say, for example, um, the first soda I drank after making that decision was about, let's just say, 90 days later. Tastes like I shit. decided to have it at dinner with a variety of friends. Mm-hmm. But I had one glass that they never refilled. They just did it one time, drank it, and I didn't have another one again for probably another month or month and a half. It was that decision of I can actually stop myself if I decide to have it. I can also stop myself from doing it again. Did you, did you enjoy it, that glass? I actually really did. But I, <laughs> I approached it differently than of like, oh, this is a part of my day. Mm-hmm. I savored the moment. It's like I'm drinking this thing slowly. I'm not pounding it back like it's water. right? I'm, I'm enjoying this evening that I'm having with my friends. It just so happens I chose to have a soda that day. And the same thing would be done with pizza or carbs in general, by the way. I cut back carbs a ton because I love pasta and there's nothing wrong with eating carbs. I'm not one of those people that's like, Oh, carbs are bad. Carbs are the devil. It's like, no, I ate tons of carbs yesterday. Nothing happened to me. Right. It, it was the decision to cut back because even from the time that I got back from the hospital for 11 months, I was consuming a shit ton of carbs. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt better when I cut them back. So I was yeah. going off of what made me feel good. Cut back the caffeine, cut back the carbs, increase the protein. I feel fantastic. That's, that's all a, I was looking for. That's a huge, a huge nod as well. Um, it, it happens uh, to my younger listeners. Uh, be, be weary of this. It happens to you. You either make a choice to do it or your body will start telling you things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For me, I'm, I'm 39 and, and I found that my body is like, if I eat the wrong thing, I instantly feel tired. Mm-hmm. And because I'm supposed to be as high functioning as possible, because my day runs 12 hours on average, um, but it is an enjoyable day. We wake up and we go to bed. What we do in between those statements is 
is, is how we find our, ourselves. I no longer work myself to death. I certainly do work a lot, but it's what I want to do. It's what I need to do. It's how I find, you know, my purpose. Now, yep. if I can't do that, if I fall asleep, that's no good. So my body, my body tells me these things and carbs is one of those things too. Uh, mm. Carbs is huge. Carbs. If you eat too many carbs, a big bowl of pasta, it's nap time. Yeah. You know, so most people, yeah. yeah, exactly. So when you, when you are in tune with your body, your body sort of helps back and, and yeah. you can, I think the idea here, at least what I'm sort of picking up on it is, is, you know, don't, don't, don't rush into fad diets. Understand that you've got the rest of your life to, to change anything about yourself that you don't like. Yeah. You're not committed to or locked into any one statement and, and just pay attention. Your body will tell you sort of where you are and what you need to be doing. You don't need to stress about, you know, you don't need to stress about the fad diets, the Atkins diet. There's a, speaking of fad diets, when we were younger, you remember the Atkins diet, right? The all meat diet. Yeah, There's I remember a, it. There's another diet now. The, the Atkins diet gave way to the, I want to say the California diet or the keto diet. Keto, keto. Yeah, well, it is now. It's everyone's like, get, get into ketosis and get this and get that. It's like, eat meat, right? But people forget that the Atkins diet was giving people heart attacks. Yeah. So, you know, but this ketosis thing, everybody's like, oh, I, I've got to be on this, right? And, and the funny thing about fad diets and fad mentalities is that they are just that. They are fads. They, they aren't a sustainable way of life. Um, you have to create a lifestyle that that you you can sustain a lifestyle that isn't that isn't work yeah. <coughs> excuse yeah. me and so many people think and say well you know how do you and the question that i get how do you how do you stay so diligent with what you're doing and i say for me to say that i'm staying diligent implies that i want to go back to the way things were mm-hmm. um and that's something that a lot of people can't understand and that's also that i think I think this is a neat thing, and I don't know if you've experienced this, but after you made these changes in your life, did you notice your circle of friends changing? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> yeah, see? For sure. And that's, that's something that a lot of people don't correlate to. And, and one of the biggest pieces of advice that most people will get is if you want to change yourself, the fastest way to change yourself is to change your sphere of influence, your circle of friends. Um, and there are so many stories that correlate with that. Yeah. And, and everything like you talked about in school, all your friends drinking Gatorade, all the tailgate parties, these are all people that were great and so amazing for you at the time, mm-hmm. but no longer fit your narrative or your message. And as you started changing, you found people that agreed with you. So for everyone listening right now, there is a group of people that's doing exactly what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Your key is to find them. And you ha- how do you find them? By changing your desire to not be around certain people that are doing certain things. Yep. Your, your best friend in the entire world is probably your biggest worst influence so you know what do you want to do don't ditch your friends but certainly be more aware of the energies out there yeah and not to mention like um just my best friends for example um as i began more of my health journey they were noticing it a lot more on their own side where they're like i'm not taking my own health as serious as this guy is absolutely and they're in incredible shape already and they were saying, like, I'm not even remotely close to, to the dedication level you are to improving your health. Like, they, were, they felt like they were falling off their own bandwagon. And they were just doing things because they thought it was the way they wanted to do it. Now it's like I've influenced the people around me to make those changes too. Just because it's like this man went from in a hospital for four days to exclaiming to the world, like, I'm making this decision today. And then actually followed through on it mm-hmm. to this day. I mean, I went to the gym this morning. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, there's no, there's no adjustment since that day other than I'm adjusting my decision-making on what makes me feel good or not. Do yeah. I want to have more carbs today? Yes. I had a bunch of carbs yesterday. I felt fine. So clearly my body is adapting to its different circumstance. It's like, the, okay, the overall, no biggie. Yeah. And, and I think the overall difference here is, is, I mean, yes, a million things have changed, but really yeah. it's, it all, it all comes down to one thing. And I think, I mean, at least for me, it's that I am consciously aware of what I'm doing now. I am actively consciously aware of, of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Where in before, you know, guys like you and me, big dudes, we didn't, especially in our twenties, we didn't have to be aware. We were big and that was just it. That, you know, it was, we were just big. And then yeah. when it became an issue, it was like, fuck, you know, now I have to pay attention to what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and the, the craziest thing is you have, you have uh, all of this, going on you have all of this uh inside your mind and you're working towards a goal physically uh but that goal the amount of offshoots that you have from that goal like you had just said your friends are taking notice your friends are changing yep and the ones that didn't change are fading away i'm yep. sure i'm sure you can think of two or three people that took notice of you and yep. i'm sure you could probably even think of some people that are that hold it against you that you leveled up yeah i already have a couple in my head Yep. <laughs> there you go. And this is, this is stuff that, that people just don't think about. People don't understand that this is going to come when you change. And when you start doing things differently, those people around you, there are people that are, are going to, are going to come at you. And the funniest thing too, is like this, the whole mental mastery lines, the whole program going on here, my direct derivative is to make people understand that they can do whatever they want. Push positivity. You should see the amount of bullshit social media crap that comes my way. People that want to cut it down. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. It's just a force of nature. It's a force of nature. Anytime you change anything, um, there's a pushback. There is a universal pushback to your positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more you push through it, the more you comprehend, the more you understand, you know, what it is you're doing. Yeah. So let me ask you this now, mm-hmm. if, if, because this is also a business side of things. All of the effort that you've put in mentally and all of the changes that you've undergone for yourself, by yourself, because of what you wanted, mm-hmm. what would you say the impact is on your business, on your online image, on, your, on the creation aspect inside of what you're doing financially? Sure. So from a, I'll tell you this, from a happiness level, mm-hmm. through the roof. There you go. It's incredibly happy. That changes everything. Changes everything. I, I'd rather be happy and ha- make less money. Absolutely. Make a ton of money and be unhappy because I was in that state already. Oh yeah, been um, there. Yeah, been there, done that. Don't want to do it again. But here's the thing: this year, as an example, um, my income is going to be lower than last year, but I'm extremely happy. Not after this podcast, buddy. Oh, get no. ready. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not a drastic decrease. So, like you said, when you go from like two point five to one, like to some people, that's drastic. To some mm-hmm. people, it's like eh, off year right? It really depends on you. Mm-hmm. If that happened to me, I'd go, okay, cool. I dropped down million. Okay. I'm still, it's still cool. But am I happy? Yes, I am. Cool. I'll just adjust it next year. No big deal. Now I know what my numbers need to be. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm not freaking out. It's everything's covered. Everyone's happy. Family's taken care of. That's also a mental state too, that needs to be addressed. If yes. you're doing 2.5 and you go down to a million, you can say, eh, what are you going to do? Right. But there are people that are making 2.5 with their cash flow, with all the math that they've done, and they're spending 2.6. Yeah. 
Yes. So for them to drop down, and this is a choice, it's a conscious effort to say, I'm going to spend this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to create this image, it's going to cost me this. For me to drop down to a million, I am screwed. Yes. But if and you don't, I, yeah. I on. definitely don't, I, I did not put myself in a situation where my circumstances, my living situation was 100% dependent on as the business would increase. Mm -hmm. My living situation stayed the same as the business increased. It's mm -hmm. always stayed the same. The amount I pay in bills now is the equivalent of what I was paying three, four, even five years ago, mm -hmm. even with a bigger house, a different car, and the three monitors in front of me. Mm -hmm. It is still the exact same number because I've consciously made the decision to keep it there and not go any higher just because the income goes up. Mm -hmm. And so to back away from that really quick, as my income somewhat dropped a little this year, my happiness actually went up because I'm working with more people that I want to work with. Perfect. That's number one. So the client base decreased, but they're higher level people who are in it for the long term. They're, they have a long term vision. It's not a short term money gain, a money grab, and then they just bail. I was running into a lot of those people. Are you kidding me? I know that. I know that all too well in the industry that I'm in and the coaching and when we do the high yep. ticket sales and all that sort of stuff, your industry has to be one of the most pain in the ass industries. You and programmers, anyone that can build a web page, yes. um, that anyone that can build a web page that's not in, in, uh, in North America, <laughs> yeah, you're going to get an amazing web page. It's going to be super cheap, but you're going to lose all your hair trying to get it done. Yeah. Uh, or, or you can pay through the ass to a North American uh, and get it done on time and properly. Now, aside from that, you've got you, yep. which is, Every single person comes to you and says, David, I want results in 30 days. I'll pay your fee. Sometimes the fee is 1000 Sometimes it's 10000 Yeah. Depending on what you need done. And people don't understand that. Well, the more you put in, the more you get out, right? So yep. You're not paying me. You're paying the machine. Yep. So, yep. yeah, I could, I could see how all these people would come to you. And it's, what's amazing, too, is in this industry, the world goes blind to it. They'll say, yeah. you know, like you, you're putting your neck on the line and you could get a ton of shit reviews because – because you took the wrong client on somebody that didn't fully understand that this could take, it should take 90 days to see results. Yeah. You know, and they're like, I want, I want results now. Yeah. Right. So somebody could say, yeah. somebody could say, I just spent $15,000 on ads and I got nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they, then they pull the plug, but yeah. that the next day could have been the day they sold their $60,000 product. That is exactly what's happened before. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. And, 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 and quite honestly, it's like, it's the evolution of business. Like I've had over 400 plus clients. Hmm. Not every single one of them was a home run. If anything, the majority of these people were singles and doubles. Very rarely do we hit grand slams or home runs with people because it takes time. You're, you're starting out. Most people with ads, for example, are actually in the minor leagues, but they think they're in the majors. Mm -hmm. They think they're crushing it. They think, Oh, my business is doing 500 grand a year. I am killing it. You're killing it compared to a lot of people. You're not quite killing it though, because one bad month and you're telling me you can't afford me anymore. Mm -hmm. that's, that's not exactly killing it. <laughs> so a lot of people that come to me in the beginning, they, they sort of need like a reality check. Yeah. And it's not just for me. It's, I, I give them a, a sort of like a, an industry standard. I give them averages. You know, I, I look at people I've worked with in the past. I tell them where they were at and I'm like comparative to where you are now. We're not even there yet. You know, so it's like we get real first. We get very real before we start any campaigns. And that also parlays into, you know, how things have changed this year. You know, even just uh, a day ago, 
I put up a picture of me with a very serious face. And I'm like, this is the face of determination and dedication, right? Because I'm very dedicated to what I'm looking to create this year and next year. I'm going to have a son in a couple months. Amazing. My first kid. Amazing. Right? Having a son, losing weight, focused on getting my health in order, building a business that's sustainable, but also doesn't require me to be there 24 hours a day. Yeah. All these things happening all the time, simultaneously, you'd think most people would just go crazy. And though I love the challenge, there's also a part of me going, I'm doing this piece by piece, little by little, I'm not stressing myself out over it. It's going to get done. And whatever pace it takes to get there, it's going to be done. So if it takes another seven years, so be it. It'll take seven years. But 100%. I'm also enjoying the process. 100%. And, and, and I know you're on a time limit, so I am going to start the wrap up now. Um, we could have gone on for another hour or two easily. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm definitely going to have you back on the show if you want to be here. Absolutely. Um, but you touched on something, uh, and I, th I think that this needs to be addressed. To anyone listening to this, to anyone looking at Facebook ads, to anybody looking at Instagram ads or, or things that they want to do, um, it's an industry that's uh, dirty. It's an industry that, that, that is filled with people that want your money and don't give a shit about your results. Yeah. Uh, and, what, and what David touched on here was, he says, I get real with people first. So if somebody, if you, if you're out there and you're shopping Facebook ads and, uh, or Instagram ads or any sort of social media ad, because it's such a, it's still a relatively new, uh, endeavor. Uh, it's, it's very hard to navigate because of all kinds of different rules and regulations. But if somebody's out there saying, we can do this for you, we're going to do this for you. There's no kickback. There's no nothing. You know, we can, for $5,000, all your problems will be solved. They're lying to you. False promise false promise. And, and David, he touched on that when he said, you know, I'd rather you not come to me or I'd rather you not pay me. You know, I'd rather you get the, get the answers so that you can sort of look into what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and be careful, be careful when you're out there and be careful when you're shopping around because, because it is, if it's too good to be true, chances are it is too good to be true. So make mm -hmm. sure that you personally feel a connection with the individual that is going to be running your ads. Um, because no matter how much money you spend in ads, you're going to make more back. Mm -hmm. That is, that is the whole purpose of ads. If it costs you a hundred thousand dollars to make $120,000 it's worth it. Yeah. Um, now on top of that, your physical well-being, your mental well-being, David, the stories that you've told, we, we only got to the point where you got to the hospital. There's so much more to go into. So mm -hmm. I will say that there'll be a part two to this because this is, <laughs> This is a great topic and it's, yeah, it is unfortunate that we ran out of time, but, but Hey man, this was a great cast. So I want to know, uh, and I want them to know if mm. anybody listening does need help, um, both in physicality, if I, I'm going to say, are you, if somebody reaches out to you and says, I need to know a little bit more about your, your diet, I need to know a little bit more about what you're doing. David, you have time. I would assume to, send that person a reply Facebook message. I would assume you get back to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I actually sent it to a buddy of mine yesterday and I saved it and I put it into a notepad and I'm like, someone's going to ask me again and I'm going to copy paste this response because that's how my brain operates. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know what? If someone asks me this question, there's going to be more people asking me this question. And Excellent. it's like a database of information just ready to be shared with people. So yeah, if someone wants to know what I'm doing, no problem. I can share that with you. Workout, diet, business, I share everything I can. Perfect. So there you go, guys. If, 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 you, if you're not interested in, in, in Facebook ads, that's fine. If you, you want to know more, David, no matter how busy this guy is, he's going to get back to your messages. So you can reach out to him uh, on Facebook. It's David Schloss. 
he's the guy with the blue check. He's one of the very few. You know he's real. <laughs> so, so I ask again, David, where can they find you for business-related purposes? Yeah. Where, where can everybody find you? Where are you right now? What are you doing? Yeah, if you want to hit me up directly, because you know I'll see it, there's two places, right? You can email me. So you can just email me, david at convertroi.com. I definitely see it. Non-assistant, that's me. I get the email. And if you want to have more of a direct connection, meaning like you want to know when I read something and you want to know when I'm going to send it to you instantly, that's going to be Facebook. I'm on there all day. And you can just search me, facebook.com slash S-C-H-L-O-S-S-Y. That goes direct to my profile. And like you said, blue check marks there. You know it's me. And if you send me a message, I will see it, whether it goes in the main inbox or the other inbox. I will see it. So, yes, those are the two places you could reach me. Absolutely amazing. And if you guys, uh, if you guys didn't catch that or what have you and you want to reach out to me, I can certainly redirect you over to David. He's rapidly becoming one of my most favorite people on the planet. Uh, and on that note, I'm more than honored to have had you on here. I'm more than honored to have had you as my first guest. Uh, as somebody I didn't know who was prior to connecting with for the purpose of the podcast. That was a long-winded sentence. Uh, and, and to everybody else, um, it's been fun. It's been fun. I hope you guys picked up on some stuff. I hope you guys grabbed some things. Uh, you know, you can check us out as, as well. Make sure you get there if you've got anything you want to say. And I've also added a new spot onto the, onto the page. Um, you can request to be on the show. So go ahead over to the mentalmasteryalliance.com. You can request to be on the show. Uh, and if, if it's a legitimate request and if it's, if it's something that needs to be talked about, you can guarantee we're going to reach back out to you. Uh, so I guess now for this one, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.